International. Welcome to another episode of Lie, Cheat, and Steal, the podcast about liars, frauds, thieves, and bullshitters. I'm your host, Pat Soroyce. With me, as always, my co-host, Kath Barbadoro. Hi, Pat. How you doing? I'm doing good. Doing good. Uh, just uh, had a uh, heck of a day at the office. <laughs> the office. <laughs> your yeah, office, office outside. Yeah, yeah, the office, the the uh, courtyard full of like construction materials between two bars. <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> yeah, I I was like I've been doing the construction thing now for about six months, and like uh, it's definitely a first for me. But I like it. You know, I like I, li- I like the work. But uh, today I was given like just the thing that was just like the age old. Basically, I was given a sledgehammer and told, "Hey, you see those big ass rocks? Make them real little." <laughs> and like, yo, I was John Henry out there today. But as a result, yeah. I, yeah, it was actually pretty cool. I felt pretty badass. Uh, swinging a sledgehammer, hanging with the boys, <laughs> just doing my thing. But uh, it was fun. It was cool. I also like that this job has got me outside because I'm not going to be super duper pale this summer. So that yeah, also, that's yeah. good. You're yeah, not you're not an indoor boy anymore. Not an indoor boy. No, not a call center. <laughs> not a call center jockey. <laughs> just hell yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah. So, uh, uh, we just recorded our very first Patreon episode. Yes. Um, so hopefully by the time this comes out, people will know about our Patreon. So if you want to hear uh, the story of Charles Sabraj, uh, sign up for our Patreon. It's up yeah. there. Yeah, guys, we got we we'll have the link out by the time you hear this. Uh, we've got two tiers uh, that you can uh, sign up on, and uh, you know we have well, first tier gives you access to uh, exclusive episodes that we're going to be dropping twice a month, and then uh, we also have our uh, our top tier, which gives you a little bit of uh, uh, not not a little bit total input and control over yeah. story well, suggestions. We're, we we're, we have a suggestions uh, channel in our Discord where you can submit stories to us, and uh, we'll do those maybe as maybe as bonus maybe is free but uh we'll definitely be taking a look at them so yeah yeah definitely check that out um the patreon episode we just recorded was uh pretty intense it was about a a pretty serious criminal charles sabrage uh my story today is a little on the lighter side i would say a palate cleanser that's yeah (laughs) it's it's a short sweet one uh more whimsical than dark i think (laughs) Uh, (laughs) whimsical frauds What'd you say? I said whimsical fraud. <laughs> like Beautiful. That's exactly yeah, what it is. An angel um, just came in here and sung that. <laughs> it was gorgeous. Yeah, our patron you. saint came in here yeah, and sang yeah, that. Yeah. <laughs> well, he's like saw our follower count just plummet <laughs> like, yeah. at that <laughs> People shut it off. They're just like, yeah, no more, like, please, oh, God. God. No. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, sign up to the Patreon or you'll hear me sing more. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Um, so, Pat. How much do you know about the British royals? Uh, I actually, I probably know more than I think you would imagine, uh, simply because I, I listen to a lot of British history podcasts because I'm a basic bitch. You do, <laughs> yeah. I did know that about you. Yeah, what, yeah. What drew so, you to that? Why do you listen to those, do you think? I think it's, fa- I mean, I, I, I listen to, I, I definitely try to touch all corners of the globe, my learning, but what fascinates me about the British stuff, essentially, is because 
it feels like like we we still see the legacy of that, and so it's so fascinating to me that something that's like like I could look up you know like uh, like Canute, a king from like the fucking you know uh, like the post Roman uh, occupation of, of Britain, and his lineage can be traced back, uh, can be traced down to Queen Elizabeth. Like that's insane to me, and so the fact that also most of this history is recorded in kind of a version of our own language that's like at least accessible it just feels like it's like it's it's the most like tangible link to the past that just feels like real because you know again it's it's uh like it's it, i can still see the, the lasting effects of that monarchy our country itself is an offshoot and an extension yeah. of that monarchy so it just like it feels like I'm, I'm looking at something that has like a direct impact on my on my day-to-day life and it's it's accessible because like it, it, it was recorded again like i said in uh in a language that's not too dissimilar from our own yeah so it, yeah it just said it, it's, it's very accessible to me so I, i've been kind of fascinated by it uh that's so interesting. I, yeah i know a little bit i would say i probably where i start to know less is about the modern royals Oh, that's not true because I know who they all mm-hmm. are. I mean, so like, yeah, I'm on board. I will say I've got okay a pretty well fleshed out knowledge. Of it's the- like it's one of those things that's sort of hard to escape to. Like, yes, even if you don't want to know about the royals, like it's if you look at any sort of like pop pop culture like tabloid or something, like you're gonna learn. You're gonna yeah, learn quickly. Yeah. I was uh, the first person in my house to see the news report that Princess Diana died, and I ran into my parents' bedroom because my mom and my my mom, my grandma, and my sister were Team Diana. Like they they loved they loved lady. her. Yeah. yeah. Oh yeah. Like, yeah. Like, anytime she was on the TV, they would just go. <gasps> <You know? Aww. laughs> just, yeah, yeah, yeah. They're blown away by that lady. Uh, <laughs> and so, I at this point in my life, I was getting in trouble for making like inappropriate and like crude jokes and uh you know so i i I never learned the lesson from there but i i i ran in the room and i said because i saw like we were living in germany so we we watched sky news like the british channel Mm -hmm. and so sky news like had a breaking thing it's a princess diana died in a car accident and it was like i want to say it was a weekend or a day in the summers i wasn't at school and so i ran into my parents bedroom and my mom and my dad were in there my dad was at his desk my mom was on the bed and i was like Princess Diana died. And my dad was like, God damn it, Junior, you can't make these fucking jokes, man. Like, <laughs> <laughs> like, he like, just talked to me about it. <laughs> Aww. Yeah. And, and nope, she was dead. Ha ha. Jokes Real, on you. Definitely dead. Sorry, dad. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. But yeah, so that's, yeah, I, I grew up in a, a house of uh, royalist sympathizers. I'll say that. <laughs> Did you follow anything about uh, Prince Harry and Meghan Markle or anything like that? Uh, yeah, I think, yeah, I, I, like you know, I'll, I'll be online and shit. You know, as I see the, uh, it's around. Yeah, it's 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 around. I, I'm a fan. I like Prince Harry. There's a Travel Channel documentary about Prince Harry taking a trip to the Car- to the Caribbean as like an emissary mm-hmm. uh, for um, his you know the Queen, and they definitely sent the right one because he's just like boozing it up, like drinking and dancing. Just having and a great time. Hell yeah, yeah, it's yeah, it's it's, <laughs> it's a pretty awesome. Like it's like a t- 11 minute like feature on like a Travel Channel, and it's just like. Every time he has a fucking drink in his hand and like some Rihanna lookalike just like dancing with him and shit, it's pretty tight. That rules. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, if you watched any coverage of the royal wedding, um, you may have seen this guy. Uh, he was interviewed quite a bit um, as a sort of like royal pundit almost um, ab- about the wedding. Yeah. And uh, his name is Thomas J. And then he has his his last name is three hyphenates. <laughs> he's that fancy. So his name is Thomas J. Mace Arthur Mills Esquire. 
Oh, man. And uh, yeah, he's, you know, comes out in his little newsboy cap to talk about the Royals. Uh, I'm going to read a little bit of his biography from his website here. Um, So Thomas J. Mace Arthur Mills Esquire is the founder, visionary and chairman. I need to point out all of those words were capitalized in his biography. (laughs) Founder, visionary and chairman chairman have at least like at least like an official connotation to it. Visionary is definitely something you just made up. Yeah, that's not an official title. Um, Yeah, yeah. (laughs) But he is the founder, visionary and chairman of the British Monarchist Society and Foundation. Uh, He is also the president of the Center for British Royal Studies, editor-in-chief of Crown and Country magazine, uh, a freeman of the City of London, and a member of the Royal Society of St. George. Uh, He describes himself as a royal historian, author, and educational speaker. Question. Is he he like a jowly gentleman? Does he have a lot of face fat? No, no. He's he's kind of a... um, nebbishy looking white guy in his late 30s um oh okay i i it was just for whatever reason not because i think I'm, i i seen him in public i was just hearing all the royal titles and all yeah. the things and like i was like i just imagined a a, a jowly older british man <laughs> yeah he sounds very jowly like from yeah, this description yeah. but no he's he's surprisingly non-jowly uh he's okay. a pretty just kind of nondescript looking white guy um right on so it goes on thomas is known for his contributions to television radio print and online media he's been featured on bbc itv uh and in the economist uh he's been a radio presenter for london's wizard radio which is broadcast internationally to over 15 countries uh he's had many different shows a lot of them primarily about uh, the royals and royal history um he recently undertook a tour of america where he opened the royal society of st george california branch which i guess is for american uh royal enthusiasts um (laughs) he also recently completed a book tour uh he released a book of cocktail recipes called their majesty's mixers and then the subtitle (laughs) which i really enjoy is when they rain they pour get it Yes. Pretty good. Man. Pretty I, good. Sub, sub, subtitles often contain some of the best writing humanity's ever achieved. Yeah. <laughs> very, very good. When they yeah. rain, they pour. Um, yeah, yeah. See, when, so, you, when you said he, he did a drink mixing book, I, for a second, was thinking that there was like zero royal connection. He's like, look, I have other interests. Okay? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I do other stuff. Come yeah, on. I'm also a mixologist. What of it? <laughs> Well, to their Majesty's Mixers is actually his second book. Um, he did release his first book in 2012 in honor of Her Majesty's Diamond Jubilee. Uh, and that book was also about cocktails, and it was called To the Queen, A Royal Drinkology. <laughs> so cocktail-themed, royal-themed books are his oh, his. Oh, man. I, is this the kind of guy who you might get cornered at, at a, cornered by at a bar? I I would be shocked if he was ever at the same bar as you or I would be at. Okay. Uh, but yeah, I mean, he definitely has a singular interest here. And, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. So he's he's a weirdo, is what I'm trying to say. Yeah. Um, his biography concludes: uh, Over the past decade, Thomas has worked and still works tirelessly on behalf of the Crown and Country, building the British Monarchist Society. Uh, which has become the leading organization for not only British, but international monarchists, uh, which he has funded himself. He has worked hard to incorporate like-minded people to be a part of his much-revered society within the United Kingdom, in which cumulatively, under Thomas's direction, brings British traditions to the next level. 
Oh, well, good for British tradition. Like, right. it seems like being a monarchist, like, I don't know. It just feels like that's like, like I, I understand having like an, an interest in like the British crown, like that. You know, it's pretty cool. It's, it's a thousand year old fucking uh, institution. Right. But like to be a monarchist, that just seems like insane. It's, yeah, 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 yeah. No, we had it figured out, guys. We had one guy in charge. Right. <laughs> is he like? Is, is, I wonder if he's like anti-parliament. <laughs> like, yeah, it's hard to it's hard to say. Like, I don't know a lot about his politics, but um, I do know that he has worked as a consultant to the uh, Serbian royal family, which is like a pretty politically dicey thing to do. Like, if if oh, you're yeah, yeah, yeah. a decent person, so um, <laughs> yeah, I think like he is a... sincerely a monarchist. Like, thinks we should be ruled by a king and queen. That's insane. Yeah, uh, who, who's the guy? Oh shit! Uh, Trump's homeboy with the ostrich jacket, Manafort. Was it? it, it, it wasn't Manafort working with like? Oh, I think it was Ukraine. Yeah, probably yeah. Ukraine. It's okay, it's yeah. It's being a monarchist is like it's a very far right position most of the time. I would uh, imagine. Yeah, you can't. It's like I'm just a freewheeling monarchist. Baby. Yeah, you're. It's basically like fascism, but you think that someone should be born into being a dictator instead of chosen. Like it's even more kind of crazy to me. Wow. Um, but he, that's not really like part of his media persona. Like he doesn't talk about being a monarchist. He just kind of talks about the Royals. He's sort of like a Royal pundit. Yeah. Um, okay. That's what I was saying. It seems like that was more of his, his actions. Yeah. So he has, <laughs> he also um, has launched a cryptocurrency called the Royal coin. Uh, so that's, I, again, another uh, sort of red flag. I feel like people who are into cryptocurrencies, not necessarily the most politically above board. Yo, oh, yeah, 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 yeah. It's, yeah, it's when you're when you're when you're in a boat with John McAfee, <laughs> it just uh, yeah. Like you know, that's like is, I see like that you can actually just you know create your own cryptocurrency. Is that like like a new Snapchat or whatever? It's like yo, follow me on Snapchat, follow me on crypto. Like I got my own, I got T-shirts, I got stickers. You can spend my own money. Like, yeah, like, I feel like it is. It's like open source money or something. It's very yeah. weird. I, uh, I I still can't. Got somebody like people are like, okay, you mine the bitcoins, and I'm like, where does the like? I'm like, so you can sit where? in front of a computer physically? With, yeah, I can sit in front confusing. of a computer with no bitcoins. And you know, waste an hour and leave with bitcoins. I do not understand that. Yeah, it's very weird. Uh, I, don't, I don't get it. Uh, listeners, please do not explain it. Yeah, I don't. Just, yeah. <laughs> well, if you're out there, if you know what's going on, uh, just please throw your phone into the river and never contact us and tell us about it. Thank this. you. Yes, please. Uh, it's what we want for you. Um, <laughs> so, this guy, he's mostly just known, like, particularly lately uh last year when prince harry and Meghan markle got married he was on a lot of tv stations giving interviews um in one interview for a norwegian tv channel he warned Meghan markle that the most important aspect of the union was quote keeping integrity keeping formality and making sure that the traditions and heritage that we have as british people remain at the forefront uh, he also told a U.S. broadcaster um, he advised uh, Meghan Markle not to upstage existing members of the royal family, quote, especially when you're coming in the way you are. Shortly afterwards, uh, Mace Archer Mills approvingly tweeted an article describing himself as, quote, the most interviewed man on the subject of the royal wedding. Ugh. So he's a, he's a stodgy, you know, posh. He's sort of looking down at Meghan Markle for being yeah. from something as distasteful as Hollywood, you know. 
Yeah, man, I, 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 I hate when it's like the most interviewed man. I hate when people I hate get praise. <laughs> like, like, <laughs> and like, and then, like the kind of praise they want. I was like, ugh, you don't deserve that, buddy. And like, yeah, yeah. I, 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 I do know like the, about the Markle hate that's going on. Like, uh, I know she's like, she opened her own door and that like caused a lot of people got freaked out. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> that's the weirdest thing. Like, I remember like when we had a, a, a limo on my prom night, I kept just getting out of the limo and the driver was like, man, I'm supposed to open this door for you, Doc. <laughs> Yeah, I, he, that always he, makes me really uncomfortable. Yeah, he was um, mad about it. I was like, well, I'm never going to prom again. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, <laughs> probably a good strategy. I feel like yeah. if you're older than prom age and you go to prom, that's that's bad. Yeah. <laughs> go to one and then you're yeah, done. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but yeah, so like he kind of he's kind of on the record. He says like uh, she's loud. She's American. She fights for her cause. We don't do that here. Uh, we do things quietly and with dignity, he said. Uh, Mrs. Markle is going to be a little bit challenged when it comes to that because she's so used to doing things the American way, not the British way. So he's like very invested yeah. in like maintaining this sort of decorum of the royals, which by extension to him is like British national pride, you know? Yeah, yeah. Which uh, which I, I've, I've, you know, I've heard when you get out to like the the, the, the streets of uh, towns in the UK, uh, British pride can be like maybe like a little dangerous sometimes. <laughs> like, yeah, I, that's I, the weird thing about England is like on the one hand they have this like extremely posh, extremely uh, stiff upper lip kind of like vibe, but at the same time like their trash is so much worse than our trash. Like, yeah, yeah, <laughs> their their scumbags are like another level. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I, I always think back to uh, what was that show? This, this is England. Have you seen that movie? Yeah, I've seen that. That's a great movie. Oh, excellent! Yeah, I, I, I just think back to that. Like we're just you know, dudes are just you know a black dude getting a drink in a bar and like he's you know like oh is that at the train spot in the book? Uh, is uh, one of the characters' brother is um, half Pakistani and they go to a bar and like these dudes just surround them, fucking chanting like yeah, but yeah, it's, it's insane. Yeah, terrifying. Yeah. Terrifying uh, skinhead uh, monsters, for sure. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, here's the thing, though. So I've told you all about uh, Thomas Thomas J. Arthur Mills uh, and his sort of pedigree of uh, royal commentating. Uh, so Thomas J. Mace Arthur Mills Esquire is not this guy's real name. Um, what? Turns just, out. Let me take a drink of something to spit it out. Uh, <laughs> uh, Thomas James Arthur Mills, I would go by T-Jam. That's just me, though. T-Jam. That's, that's how I do things. <laughs> yeah. Uh, turns out that's not his real name. He is not Thomas J. Arthur Mills. His real name is Tommy Muscatello, and he's from Bolton Landing, New York. <laughs> yes, yes, yes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So this, this guy, he started from very humble beginnings. Uh, he's from very, very far upstate New York. He's yeah. near the Vermont border, a tiny little town north of Albany. And uh, he was Tommy Muscatello. Oh, <laughs> like, <laughs> man, how much, how much self hate do you think is that when he when he talks about like the the American way of doing things? Like, how much like hatred is directed at like his loud ass Italian family who like oh my god who I probably know. Just, yeah I'm sure who's been, he's been caught up in a few noogies by like his older brother Vinny or whatever like, absolutely absolutely yeah. this dude was bullied to shit yeah, like, like I just oh. know from reading all of this about yeah. him like yeah he had a rough time <laughs> yeah. like oh we shouldn't have an American in the British family because what they'll do an American will hold you upside down and put your head in the toilet and flush it <laughs> like, that's, that's something that, that Americans do you know <laughs> exactly 
exactly. Uh, so, you know, you're thinking like, well, maybe, maybe he immigrated to England. Like maybe he went to university there well, or something. That's what I was thinking. And like he stayed. Nope. He went to <laughs> probably the most American place you can go to college, Myrtle Beach, South Carolina. <laughs> Just like your spring break capital. That's oh, where man, he, he went to key, school. He has a keychain. It's like a plastic sandal with sand in it. <laughs> yep. like Myrtle Beach, baby. <laughs> Yep, just drinking uh, like a rum punch out of one of those like really long yeah. funnel looking yeah. glasses from like Senior Frogs or whatever. Yeah, I was say, it's like I got crabs and Joe Crab Shack shirt and shit. <laughs> exactly. That's that's what he's all about. That's yeah. like where he's from. But no, uh, he's renounced it all. And uh, so he got caught. Like after all of this stuff happened, um, the Wall Street Journal found out that he was not Thomas J. Arthur Mills, but Tommy Muscatello. And uh, and they interviewed him about it. They asked him about it. So and, did he do an accent? Uh, huh? Did he do it? Like, did he have a British accent? Yeah, he did. He was did. It, was it bad? He, uh, I will play. I don't know if I can play a recording because I'm remote, but I will send you some, and you yeah. can like rip it and put it into the episode. Yeah. It's like a, it's like a posh accent. If you know he's not British, it's to me like I can definitely tell that it's somebody putting on an accent. Yeah. But if I didn't, if I didn't know that he wasn't uh, actually British, I probably would have been fooled by it. Like, yeah. and he fooled a bunch of British people. Yeah, dude, and they, and they, I mean, this sounds stupid, be like, and they know their accents, <laughs> but like, they, like, the a- accents is way more, I think, uh, part of the culture over there, because like, obviously in America, you can tell where somebody's from by the way they talk, but in Britain, you can tell like, what part of a, the county they're from by how they talk, you know? Yeah, and, I, but I think the fact <sighs> that there's such varied accents in England actually kind of helped him, because um, he, they did ask somebody who like, worked with him, um, yeah, this guy, Jason Neese, who's a British PR, uh, person who worked with him said that he thought he sounded like somebody who was from London trying to sound posher than they were. Oh, so like shit. he thought he was putting on an, a little bit of an accent, but that's not that uncommon. Yeah. If yeah, you're, yeah. You know, trying to sound like upper class or whatever. So he thought that he was like affected, but he didn't think he was American. He just thought he was, you know, like from the suburbs or something and trying to sound yeah, wealthy, yeah, yeah. you know? Oh man, that's uh, man. I, there's an Andrew Clarkson uh, local comic here has a, a joke where he's just talking about. I, man, I I forget the premise. He talks about British words, and at one point, it's just Andrew Clarkson is a little yelling guy, and he's just going, <laughs> "How are you gonna put the boot in the lorry? Put the lorry in the boot!" <laughs> like, it's just, he's talking about British words, and, and oh and, man, and, I can totally envision that in like Andrew Clarkson voice. Yeah, <laughs> that, just, that sounds like him. Yeah. Also, so <laughs> funny they were bringing up fake accents because I've mentioned the show before uh, about a comic who I'm not going to name because they are now known for something way worse than faking an accent. <laughs> yep. yep. Uh, yeah, uh, but that that came up in my news feed today, uh, or my memory feed, um, and it was this person saying, oh, one year ago today was when I faked that British accent with Pat's Royce all night. <laughs> like, and uh, in retrospect, like, I re- like, why don't fake an accent? <laughs> just don't do it. It's Yeah. Or, usually it, it, people don't buy it. They just don't want to bother with you anymore, so they precisely. don't call you on it did i tell you what he said his name was though no what was it and just given uh man this is way way too inside baseball so we'll get out of this real quick but uh mickey flynn oh boy yeah, all right which, fuck off yeah yeah um, yeah, yeah which it sounds like mickey Flynn. anyways so 
Yeah. Uh, but yeah, so this guy, he was faking a British accent and uh, they interviewed him for the Wall Street Journal and he kept up the accent and he gave a little bit of information uh, about like kind of his path through life. Yeah. Um, so he says that his fascina- fascination with royalty began very early. Uh, this is one of the most puzzling quotes in this interview. He said, even my toys had a royal nature. <laughs> what na- could that possibly mean? Did he bestow royal titles upon them or are they out the box? They just seem regal. I have no idea. Was it, <laughs> did he have like a, a staff and a crown? Like yeah. what? <laughs> you know, I've compared my stretch Armstrong to my neighbor's stretch Armstrong and my stretch Armstrong holds his chin a little higher. <laughs> like he, <laughs> he just walks with a little bit. You know, he stretches with a little bit more renown, I'd say. Like, right. A little more gracefully. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> indicative of his breeding or whatever. Yeah. Like, just, I wonder I if this know. guy. These if people he, like how imagine being like so eager to be subservient to something. It's that's so what I was strange saying earlier. Like the, the monarchist society just sounds like the International Federation of Bootlickers. Like that's all I hear when I hear yeah, that. Yeah, that's exactly what it is. Yeah. And that's like who he's been forever. So I bet if this guy were to go to sleep on a stack of mattresses and you put a P under the bottom mattress, he'd wake up with a sore back. <laughs> he definitely would. That's, that's his whole vibe. Yeah. Uh, as you said, many noogies in his yeah, life. Yeah, I think. Yeah. Um, which, which makes sense because also uh, they interviewed his high school music teacher uh, who remembers uh, Tommy Muscatello as Mr. Sour in a production of Oliver. Uh, so to prepare for his turn as Mr. Sourberry in this uh, high school musical uh, production of Oliver, he started researching British history and uh, was able to learn and duplicate a British accent and the appropriate mannerisms for his character. So apparently, after he was in Oliver, he just never dropped the British accent. Oh, man. Yo, that's crazy. Uh, there's a... Uh uh, I listened to the, the 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 Dear Hank and John podcast, the Green Brothers, mm-hmm. and uh, you know uh, they talk about in Hank's early teen years, he uh, uh, did a British accent for like a year and a half. <laughs> oh my God. And, that doesn't surprise me at all about not, them, not a bit. But yeah, but like, yeah, yeah, I do think that there's like a thing where there's like. I like we our school definitely had like some anglophiles like it's just that nobody took it this far they just were like I like Doctor Who and I'm gonna wear that scarf you know like they don't go full on British accent 24-7 we had a girl at my school we had a girl at my school who would wear a blue pantsuit to school almost every day with a little FBI badge that looked like uh, Mulder and she had red hair and she got her hair cut like uh, Scully and she would come to school with Scully every day and everybody kind of clowned her I had a class with her she was actually really cool Uh, but everybody kind of clowned her made fun of her and on Facebook like in the last 10 years two or three times I've heard somebody being like yo do y'all know where this girl is because I used to think she was dumb and now I understand she was probably cooler than all <laughs> people are like man we really fucked that up yeah i could have hung out with somebody that dressed like scully every day I was like it's badass you know you're a kid you don't you don't understand life's treasures yeah exactly well best of luck for her the reason you can't find her is probably because she's in the fbi now yeah. that's my guess <laughs> uh but yeah so this guy uh he would he, he started using the accent uh, he would often uh, address his friends back there and say, God save the queen. Like he was full on this guy oh, from man. a very early age. <laughs> so I can't imagine how much he got his ass kicked at Myrtle Beach College. Yeah. 
Like, he probably never fucked. Oh, man, ever. And, like, oh, man. Oh, and, and, like, it's one of those points where you just, like, can't help but, like, laugh at the bullying. Like, he's, like, he's like, oh, excuse me, my lady, if I were to doff my cat, like, shut up, bitch. Like, yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Gay. <laughs> I like, can't oh, imagine oh. how much that happened to him. <laughs> Oh man, yeah, like that. Just that's such a like. I, it's, it's like I kind of like want to like be like you talk shit about it, but at the same time, I'm like thankful I'm just not like that. <laughs> like, I mean, like it, it is, and and like we'll talk about this kind of at the end, but like it is kind of harmless, and it's just like an extreme eccentrism. But like, yeah, I don't feel like you're you are this way unless you are just a true stone cold weirdo. Yeah, and. We can only thank our lucky stars that we are more socially socially functional than this guy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, so like he graduates from school. He's living in the U.S. still. Um, he starts working in real estate, ironically for a company called like Imperial Holdings or something. So like <laughs> that's pretty funny because he's obsessed with royalty. Yeah, did, um, li- living in the U.S. while having like the proclivity he has for wanting to be British uh, through and through, like living in new living in the u.s is kind of like when you like before you like in comedy before you go to like a bigger scene you like cut your teeth and like another scene or, like, or before you break or whatever i can say yeah more like right. before you get your big break and you're just out there like grinding like the waiting tables and shit and, like doing side jobs like yeah, this yeah, was yeah. that t- time period for him where he was like practicing for when he blew and made yeah. it to the big game <laughs> like, he, was, he was prepping for the big show yeah, you know? yeah he's like dude once i make it big and become a british citizen <laughs> And he, right. I mean, he did so, though. He, he, I mean, he's the most interviewed man on the subject. I mean, I got to give that. Yeah. To him. yeah, he spun it pretty successfully. But yeah. so yeah, this is before his fame and fortune as the the royal pundit. Um, he he's still living in the U.S. He's working in real estate. Uh, he has a he buys a one story suburban house, which he refers to as Rose Down House, uh, which just <laughs> sounds vaguely British. I don't think it means anything. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. He hangs a he hangs a Union Jack outside his his house, uh, and I think he's using the British accent full time at this at this point. Um, and uh, his real estate business folded during the recession. And uh, after that, he started spending some more time in the UK. Uh, he already visited pretty frequently, which he said helped him perfect his accent. Yeah. And uh, he eventually moved to the UK in 2012, which, as we discussed, was the year of the Queen's Diamond Jubilee. And he released that uh, that cocktail recipe book, yeah. which apparently he got um, permission from Buckingham Palace to release. And it was sort of like an officially recognized publication by wow. the royal family, which is like for this bootlicker i'm sure yeah, just yeah. made him calm like yeah. i'm sure he was you know losing what? his mind i support this guy he, he was an immigrant he did not speak the language <laughs> and he he succeeded all right we need more of that there's the weirdest turn i think that this takes is that he went so far as to um adopt british grandparents so that he could feel even more british uh, I, um, i've got me a, i've got me a grandma and a, like a fucking what, uh, what, yeah. what do they call their grand their grandpa he has I've a got, granny and a and a grandpa a I've grandpapa a, i don't know yeah, i've got me a grandma <laughs> and a pup yeah he's just oh she's like he's like now can you make kidney pie <laughs> like, yeah <laughs> Yeah, that's exactly. So he he it, the article goes on. Uh, he considers his British grandfather to be George Mills, eighty three, a former Grenadier Guard living in Canterbury. Uh, and it's and a real, it's a real, that is a real person, right? 
This is a real person okay. that he's interviewed. Is, um, is this guy aware that he is his surrogate grandfather to someone? He is. And okay. this is the uh, one of the weirdest details in this. So it, the way they met is extremely weird. Um, so <laughs> about 20 years ago, uh, when Tommy was visiting the UK, he was visiting Buckingham Palace, which I'm sure he just spent all his time there when he would go to the UK. Yeah, he's right. A, he was a teenager at the time. Uh, he... Uh, Miss George Mills was also at Buckingham Palace that day. Uh, he was explaining the guards' uniforms to his wife, and uh, Tommy Muscatello overheard George Mills talking about this stuff and started asking him questions. Uh, and they struck up a very weird friendship. Yeah. Um, I used to see him wearing one of those tall black furry hats. He's like, if I were not British, then why would I wear this hat? <laughs> <laughs> exactly. <laughs> He does. He does. When he gets interviewed, he wears like a newsboy cap. So it's like almost the same thing. Really. <laughs> so very, like, I want people to know I'm British and also from the 30s. You know? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So uh, George Mills said that he had visited South Carolina, uh, where Tommy was living a few times. And uh, Tommy asked him if he could call George Mills grandfather. And he, he agreed. Because uh, I guess they had this nice relationship, and yeah. uh, Mr. Mill said I could tell he was he was not very happy in the states. So <laughs> yeah. clearly, he's just like sympathetic to this dude's yeah. like feeling that he is British on the inside. Yeah, <laughs> yeah he's like, I'm sure like he could relate to that. He's like, yeah, I'd ha- I'd hate it here too, bud. <laughs> right. I go to Buckingham Palace and explain the uniforms to my wife. Yeah, I'm also. I would imagine a, a guy from the the countryside in Britain would go to Myrtle Beach, and if you. I mean, Myrtle Beach is, I'm sure, kind of a trash place. Shout out Myrtle Beach. But, like, I bet, like, if you go there for a week and you're, like, in your 60s and you're from Britain, I think you're going to like the place. Like, you know? Like, it's probably going to be a nice break. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> um, but, yeah, so he also sort of adopted a grandmother in this. Now, in this was the fashion. grandmother his wife? No, a different lady. See, you know, that, 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 lady. that I don't like. Call me traditional, but if you're going to adopt grandparents, they better be a fucking couple. Right? Should, yeah, that's true. He should. I don't know what the what George Mills wife thinks about all this. She was she, we did not like, get her sign off. She was just like, no, nah, I'm not doing that weird ass shit. <laughs> yeah, it's not cool. Um, but so he found his grandmother uh, a little later. It, this was in 2012 when he formed the British Monarchist Society, uh, whose aim is preserving the monarchy and which holds events, enrolls members, and takes donations. So is the monarchy met, under under fire at all? <laughs> like, are you, like is preserving? I, I think they're doing fine. Yeah, yeah. I don't know if we really need a, a society to protect them, and I yeah. also don't know if uh, this nerd would really do much protecting if yeah. it were under threat. Yeah. <laughs> you better call calls brother Vinny. <laughs> I guess him in there <laughs> so uh naturally a lot of people who are into the british monarchist society are just old bats i think is probably <laughs> pretty likely so uh the tommy meets this woman mervyn redding who is 80 a formal civil servant living in essex uh and she's a member of the monarchist society he met her at uh one of their events and befriended her and uh she eventually agreed that he could call her granny. So now he has two British grandparents. Oh man, I hope he didn't have to wear that. Like, I hope he didn't have to wear her down on that. I'm hoping she, I, I would like to think she agreed on the first go. Yeah, <laughs> otherwise it's like really fucked up. Yeah, also is granny like the the uh, the British slang for grandma? Because I call my grandma granny. but that, I think it is. Yeah. Gran, I don't know. Yeah, we say, we say granny. I, I don't know if that was like a Southern thing or whatever. 
know. I don't yeah. know. Uh, but the, apparently he, he specifically requested Granny. So yeah. that's what he calls her. Um, but she says of him, he's very personable and a perfectly normal person. So <laughs> we'll have to take her word for it, I yeah, guess. Yeah, I mean, yeah, she yeah. is also a member of this weird fucking society. So yeah, I don't know yeah. if I trust her ability to judge character. She's probably flattered he wants to be British. Yeah, exactly. exactly. Yeah, it's like, that's like, yeah, she's like, oh, he's got to be a good guy. Yeah. Why? Only the best people want to be British. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so, yeah, he moved there in 2012. He began building a, a public persona in London. He started a radio show about the royals. Uh, he started issuing news releases and getting paid to do interviews. So, uh, yeah, he just kind of makes this little side career for himself. He's still working in real estate as his day job, but he does get, you know, called for yeah. these media appearances. And until recently, he he pulled this off for uh, like six years before anybody found out he wasn't British. Wow. Um, as I said, people thought he maybe sounded like he was trying to put on airs a little bit, but they didn't yeah, expect yeah, yeah. him to be American. Yeah, man, that's 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 bizarre like that like it, like doing radio as well too it's like you have to be on point it's just the voice it's just the sound of your voice like you have to be on point like all the time yeah 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 and the crazy thing is like he he now is you know he didn't put up much resistance he didn't really deny this um but he still speaks with a british accent and yeah Apparently, he said when he visits the U.S., he doesn't revert to an American accent. It's he's just his dad was interviewed and his dad said, I said to Tommy, can't you speak in your regular American accent? And he said uh, he said it's hard for him. That's his real accent now. Um, he is quoted as saying, I found where I'm supposed to be and who I'm supposed to be. So he's basically just like. He's like Rachel Dolezal, except yeah. for British people. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's man. That's great. That, that's that's so bizarre. Like, yeah, this poor dad. It's like, hey, Tommy, just once, can you just talk like the can rest you of me? Be normal, Tommy, yeah. please. <laughs> can you just talk like me and your brother Vinny and Carmine? <laughs> <laughs> Man, exactly, dude. That yeah, that's uh, that's bizarre. So is this is this his venture to radio? Are we going to say this is as offensive or l- more offensive than Loquisha? <laughs> oh yeah okay so definitely less offensive yeah, than yeah, Lucia, <laughs> less offensive than rachel Dolezal. Yeah. uh this is almost the kind you can't even get like you can get like yeah you can't really get mad at it it's like uh, all right that's what you want to fucking do with your time i guess that's the thing is like it's it's weirdly like harmless and it's yeah. also in in a weird way kind of the opposite of rachel Dolezal because in sort of the direction of the fakery because like in rachel Dolezal's case she's faking being a member of like an oppressed group of yeah, people yeah, yeah. and claiming their oppression whereas this guy is pretending to be british because he loves the most privileged people in the world so much yeah yeah like, yeah it's, 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 it's aspirational strange. almost you can't even really like get yeah. get mad at it man that's that's crazy. Like that. Yeah. I mean, fuck it. I guess. Yeah. So that's, I mean, this is a short and sweet one. That's pretty yeah. much all I had written down for notes, but just like everybody just kind of is like, okay, I guess if you want to do this, that's fine. Um, we thought you were British and you're not, but like, you still know all this stuff, I guess. Yeah. Like <laughs> you're maybe your like negative opinions of Meghan Markle carry a little less weight now, but like, yeah, yeah. You know, I guess go or off, maybe they whatever. Carry, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Live your truth, slay queen. I, guess, I don't know what to say, but like maybe his Meghan Markle opinions carry more weight because he knows, you know, how truly dirty and savage we are. 
that maybe yeah that that that's one way to look at it yeah, yeah he's seen the darkness of myrtle beach yeah yeah and like, now he knows he doesn't want that spoiling you know <laughs> Would you find yourself in a, from. in a headlock by that suitcase bearer, <laughs> and she's giving you a <laughs> That's noogie. the thing is, like, I I do think this is harmless, but I do think you're right that it also comes from like a very deep place of self hatred in yeah, like a really yeah. weird way. Yeah. Oh yeah, for sure. Man, damn, that's what's so. And so, uh, the really what Tommy Tommy Muscatelli, what's his name? <laughs> Tommy Muscatello, a.k.a. Thomas J. Mace Arthur Mills Esquire. A.k.a. And uh, he still has, his website is still up, you know, like his bio doesn't mention yeah. where he's from. It doesn't say he's British. It just <laughs> says it, he loves British stuff. Is it .uk? Uh, sorry? Is it .uk, <laughs> his website? Oh, that's a good question. Let me, let me check really quick. Thomas J. Mace Arthur Mills. I hope it is. Yeah, yeah, for his yeah, sake. It's uh it's uh bsmf.co.uk. That's oh, the get him, Tommy. British oh, yeah. <laughs> monarchist society and foundation or whatever. So, okay. yeah, he got that .uk. Yeah, so. that's like that's like the blue check mark for guys like him. Exactly. Yeah. Um so yeah, apparently they did a piece on him on uh John Oliver too, which is very funny cuz I feel like John Oliver is like the American correspondent for British stuff cuz yeah, we're all yeah, dumb. Yeah. So <laughs> I didn't watch it, but I bet it's very funny that because funny. John Oliver is very funny. Cue that up tonight. So. Damn, so Tommy Muscatello, man. That's uh yeah, you know, uh, live your dreams, kids. Do you, oh, <laughs> worth Here's it. Here's a Here's a quote from John Oliver. Uh, that's right. That British man is actually Tom Muscatello from New York. And that is that is a destabilizing thing to know. Because if this guy isn't British, who the fuck is? Am I actually British? Well, let me reassure you. My parents are listed in my phone as Mr. and Mrs. Oliver. So I am definitely British. <laughs> oh, that scamp. I love him. Uh, He's great. There is also he, uh, uh, Thomas J. Arthur Mills also did a... Um, uh, a interview on the um, Graham Norton show. And then when he was uh, found out as fake, uh, they reached out to them for comment and they just said, this would be really upsetting to us if we had any journalistic standards at all. <laughs> that was very funny. <laughs> oh man. That's so tight. Uh, shit. So I, worth it. Uh, yes. With a question mark. <laughs> like, like, yeah, I, I don't really know what you gain from it, but if you want to do it, fine, go for it. Yeah. Be yeah. fake British. Yeah. <laughs> is, is it, is it worth all the noogies and swirlies you probably got? I don't know, but yeah. if it's in your heart, go for it. Yeah. All right. Well, yeah, guys. So just, you know, live, live, live your life accordingly, I guess folks. But, uh, yeah, well that's, uh, that's what's up, Kath. Thank you for sharing that. Uh, folks, like we said at the top of the episode, we do have a Patreon now. So if you want to hear not short and sweet episodes, but deep dives into fascinating stuff and even get a chance to tell us what you want to hear about, please go to our Patreon and, uh, you know, sign up. Give us some money. This we're, We need it. <laughs> so what's the, uh, what's the address for the Patreon? What's our username? Uh, it's, it's Lie, Cheat, and Steal. So we're so just lie, cheat, and steal. Patreon.com yep. slash lie, cheat, and steal. Yeah, with the check ampersand. it out. Yeah, that's us. Yeah, guys, yeah, check it out. Uh, but you know, uh, if you if you like what you hear, you know, at the end of the day, we do record in the studio that up until now we've been paying for. So you know, if you want to help that out, make things help us get resource materials and just you know help us uh, help us out, you know, making a little bit of money doing what we like to do, giving you guys uh, good content. Just please uh, don't be afraid to go out there and show some support. That being said, uh, let you know, like, rate listen share subscribe tell your friends and above all don't get caught don't get caught see you next time all right bye
International. 